Uh, I want us to, as we kick this, it's going to be a short little series uh, called The God of Miracles. And and we're going to um, really take the next couple of weeks. I, I don't know if you know this, and it's just kind of, I, I think what happened was uh, when the freeze happened, uh, we all lost like a whole week of our life. You know, I mean, we had already lost a year of our life, it felt, with 2020 and then the freeze and we lost. And then now all of a sudden, Easter's here. And next week is Palm Sunday. That's crazy. It's really snuck up on us. Uh, but I wanted to take just the, these couple of weeks leading into Easter uh, and take a look at the God of miracles. And obviously, one of the greatest miracles of all time that's still getting headlines today is the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, uh, and we're going to celebrate that on Easter Sunday at the culmination of this series. But today, I want us to just really kind of dive in a little bit into the God of miracles and, and look at a specific miracle today that I think is applicable to what maybe you and I are going through in this season of our life. One of the realities of why we, I think, don't expect God to do the miraculous is rarely uh, do we talk about it in the context of expectation. And what I mean by that is we can look at Scripture and we can read through Scripture and, and see the mir- miracles take place. In fact, we see 35 different accounts of, of miracles that are taking place. I'm going to break those down for you in a second. But I think that what, what happens is often we, we look at them as something of, uh, of, ap- uh, of the application of those things to be in antiquity, to be in biblical times and not in the expectation of what God wants to do tomorrow in your life. And so for, for me, this series is really just kind of a, an opportunity for us to be reminded of the fact that our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever, that our God does do miracles and that He wants to do a miracle in our life. And maybe, just maybe, through this through these next couple of weeks, our faith will be uh, bolstered a little bit in the context of what it means to expect the miraculous. Kind of the theme for this is Psalm 77, 13 through 14. It says, what God is as great as our God? Uh, it's kind of a rhetorical, rhetorical question because He is the God. You are the God who performs miracles. You display your power among the peoples. In other words, there is no God that is great as our God. See, we believe that the God that we serve, the God that we worship, that we sing about, that we pray to, the the Trinitarian God that we learned about a few weeks ago is, is really a God who performs miracles in various forms. As I said, there's 35 recorded miracles, and I've kind of broken those down for you. There's 17 uh, miraculous bodily cures. There are six deliverances of the demoniacs. There are three raised from the dead. Think about that for a second. There are nine miracles over nature. 
Now, we believe that there are probably more than 35. These are just the 35 that were, uh, were accounted for. In John chapter 21, verse 25, Jesus, uh, it says that Jesus did many other things as well. And if every one of them were written down, I suppose that even the whole world would not have room for the books that would be written. Today, we're going to take a look at one of the miracles over nature. And I want to take a look at the calming of the storm. We find this miracle uh, in the gospel accounts. We find them uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John in what's called, uh, if you're not familiar with this, the synoptic gospels. And I know that sounds like a big $1.95 word. Uh, but the reality is, is you have these different authors who are giving their account, their eyewitness account of really the same story of the ministry of Jesus. And, and I want us to really kind of take a look at Mark and Matthew's account of this story. It's a familiar story if you've been around the church for very long. Uh, but I think there's some lessons in this that we can learn for us today. It begins in chapter 4 of Mark in verse 35. It says, that day... When evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along. And I, I want to I just back up for a second. And if you, if you have your Bibles or if you're on a digital device or if there's nothing you can do if you're reading it from the screen. But if you have your Bibles and you, or, or some sort of highlight, let us go over to the other side. Jesus is talking to his disciples here. And they're getting in this boat, and he's telling them, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up, and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping in a, on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? How many of you ever found yourself in the midst of a circumstance or in the midst of, you know, to use the analogy here, in the midst of a storm and ask the question, God, don't you see what I'm going through? Don't, 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 you, don't you even care what it is that we are experiencing in Matthew chapter 8, the story continues in verse 26. He replies, you of little faith, why are you so afraid? And he speaks to the disciples first before he speaks to the storm. He says, you are of little faith, why are you so afraid? And he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it was completely calm. The men were amazed and asked, what kind of man is this? <laughs> They've been with Jesus for some time now. And yet here they are where now they've even seen him perform miracles, but this, is, this one's just a little different. Because now he's, he, there's this miraculous calming of the storm, this, this miracle over nature. He says, what kind of man is this? I don't, I don't think we, we knew, knew you like we thought we knew you. I think a lot of us think we know who Jesus is, but when we go through the circumstances and the, and the situations in our life that are seemingly storms in our life, I think we get to learn a little bit more about who God is in our life. 
What kind of man is this that even the winds and the waves obey him? So there's really in this story, there are three storms going on. And I want to just pause before we get into that and and say, anytime I've read this growing up, I I grew up in the church. and, And so when I would read these kinds of stories, they were always fascinating to me because you have this this imagery, this picture in your mind of, of what this story, what, what unfolded in the midst of this story. And, and so in my mind, I, I just have this massive storm that's taking place on the Sea of Galilee and, and, and it's just, the waves are crashing and it's, and they're in this massive boat. And, and the reality is, is the boat was not that big. If you uh, they've, I've been to Israel before, and uh, they've uncovered, they, there's a boat that's called Peter's Boat. We, we don't really know if it's actually Peter's Boat, but it's, uh, it's certainly a boat that would have been from the time of Peter, and, and it's small. It's like a dinghy. It's tiny. It's got, you know, it would have a sail, but it wasn't very big. And so it wasn't like Jesus was, you know, down in the, in the luxury of the cabin of this boat, right? Unaware of what the storm was taking place outside. No, there, there would have only been a few spots for Jesus. And there he was in the stern of the boat, and he would have been aware of what was going on. The problem was, is the storm that the disciples were experiencing was not the same storm that he was experiencing. He wasn't concerned about it. Now, each of the times that I've been to uh, the Sea of Galilee, I've been there now twice, and uh, it's, it's always like this. It's like glass. You could barefoot ski on it. Like that's, how, like how, that's how calm it is. And, and, and so in my mind, I'm like, I, I, have, I have a hard time reconciling this idea that there would be this kind of storm that would have terrified the disciples. And so uh, I asked, the, as we were going across the Sea of Galilee, I asked our, uh, our captain. Uh, we were on a much larger boat than what would have been uh, in biblical times. And, and I just said, I, help me reconcile this. And the way that the Sea of Galilee is set up is there's these uh, ravines, there's like these canyons all around it, and that when the winds blow through there, it's like a wind tunnel, and it can create this massive storm on the water. And so the thing that we saw isn't necessarily always the reality. So here you have these disciples, they're crossing the Sea of Galilee, and it is, and and when we say Sea of Galilee, we think ocean. It's really just a lake. So three storms going on in the midst of the disciples here. You have this physical storm, probably would have been rain and lightning and wind and thunder. But the problem is, is Whenever we go through physical storms, it can often turn into something else. How many of you would agree that we, for the past year year now, have been going through a physical storm? We have this COVID 
sickness, we have this, this virus that exists. Nobody's denying the fact that it doesn't exist, but, but there's this virus, and, and it's dangerous for some people, and it's seemingly not as dangerous for others, and, and it seems like everybody's getting it now, and, and now we have a vaccine, and we're debating on do we take it, do we not take it, and, and now people are taking it, and we're, we, it feels a little bit like we think that we're going to get back to some normalcy, and I just want to remind you that we are, it, nothing will ever be normal again. It may be our new reality, but it's not going to be normal. None of, none of this is, is normal. And so we've been going through this season, this physical storm, and, and maybe to, to you, this kind of thing is nothing, because maybe you've been through cancer or you're going through cancer. Maybe you have a physical ailment that this is this chronic ailment that's been, uh, that's been plaguing your life for years and years and years, and you're like, you know what, I would like to have COVID-19 based upon what I've been going through. That seems like a walk in the park. See, what happens is, is we go through these physical storms, and, and we go through these things in our life where, where we have to endure, and it, it causes us to move into, if we're not careful, if we're not anchored into our relationship with Christ, it can cause us to move into other storms. See, what happens is, is in the midst of physical storms, it can lead into broken marriages. It can lead into losing our patience with our children and treating our children poorly. It can it can lead into, uh, physical illness can lead, or physical storms can lead into depression. It can turn into something even much bigger than the physical storm that we are experiencing. I'm hearing all of these disturbing statistics about what is happening in our friends and our family and, and, and even here at Lifehouse and those who are dealing with depression in the midst of a physical storm. Those who are, who are dealing with marriage issues, that, that now all of a sudden it's like there's, there's just this, this division that's going on. And what's happening is the physical storm is shifting into an emotional storm. The storm is happening and the disciples are saying, this is it, we're done, we're going down. We're going to drown. But Jesus already said, no, we're going to the other side. See, see what the disciples failed to remember in the midst of the physical storm was that Jesus had already promised them that we're going to the other side. That somewhere along the lines, the, uh, that thought or that promise had slipped their minds. And now fear begins to grip them and fear begins to to, to creep in, and what happens is in the midst of the fear, we forget the promise. But that's not even the, the most dangerous storm that this can lead to, because what happens then is in the midst of our emotional storms, it can lead us to a spiritual storm. Storms reveal the depth of our relationship with God. And so my question or my thought this morning is, what if the miracle 
that took place in this situation wasn't that Jesus calmed the storm on the outside, but what if the miracle was actually that he calmed the storm on the inside of their life? In Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19, it says, We have this hope as an anchor for our soul. It's firm and secure. Why, why do we need an anchor for our soul? If you've ever seen an anchor, and, and how many of you just raise, like you've seen an anchor before? And I'm not talking about like the Popeye anchor, but like a, an actual anchor that's on a boat, right? And it's, it's really kind of unimpressive. Unimpressive? Yeah, unimpressive. It's just this, what looks like, I mean, it's heavy, but, but it really doesn't look like that could hold the boat. But what's interesting about it is it actually has uh, these hooks on it, and I should have had a picture of it, but it has these hooks on it, and the idea is not that this thing would just sit on the bottom. If it was round and it just sat there, it would probably move with the boat, but an actual anchor has these hooks, and the idea is that you hook it to the, to the bottom of the, the body of water that you're a part of. If you're on a lake or if you're in the ocean, you hook it onto a rock or you hook it onto the, to the seafloor. And it, no matter what happens on the surface, it's always anchored there. It's not moving. So for us as Christ followers, how do we get anchored how do we get anchored in the midst of this? And what is the miracle that God wants to do inside of us? The first thing is that we're anchored when we cultivate God's presence. And whenever you practice the presence of God, you begin to anchor your life with Him. And by the way, the presence of God is always there, but we do have to cultivate it. We have to cultivate it. We have to decide, I'm going to, to do something to make this real in my life. In the middle of our crisis, we, we, we need to get to a place that we are able to, to sing or to speak the words, the lyrics, that it is well with my soul. Right? That, that we come to a place to where we are cultivating the presence of God. Part of the reason we gather, part of the reason we are watching online, hopefully with our family, is we are cultivating the presence of God in our midst. We're not, we don't conjure up the presence of God. I just want to be clear about this. The presence of God is, is available to us, but there is the, the reason we sing songs on Sunday mornings is not to just do a sing-along. None of us are that good. Right? I, I, I know some of you have great voices, but I don't. And, and so if all we were doing was car Christian karaoke, then it, do, then it doesn't work. What we're doing is when we sing these lyrics, we are proclaiming and we are cultivating the presence of God in this place, in our lives. In the middle of our crisis, we need to get it is well with my soul going on the inside. Today we sang the lyrics, from death to life I will sing your praise in the wonder of your grace. My soul will sing your praise in the wonder of your grace. From death to life, it doesn't matter what it is that you're going through. It doesn't matter what physical storms may be a part of your life. 
even if it's, if it's then turned into emotional storms in your life, we have to get to a place where we are cultivating the presence of God in such a way that we can gather together and we can sing songs. It says, it doesn't matter if I die tomorrow from death to life, I will sing your praises. I will sing about your grace. Psalm 91, 1 through 4 says, whoever dwells, that word dwells means to dwell, like to, to be in the presence, in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Surely He will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with His feathers and under His wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and rampart. That is true. See, peace isn't isn't the absence of trouble. Peace isn't that we aren't going to go through storms. Peace is the presence of God. That we can have the presence of God no matter what it is that we're going through. And if we do that, if we dwell in the shelter of the Most High, if we cultivate the presence of God in our life, we will be anchored. Number two, we are anchored when we remember God's promise. And we remember that he said we're going to the other side. The, the word of God is an anchor. And Jesus said that whoever builds his house upon the rock, right? whoever builds his house on the truth, that, that we would be people who are founded on the scripture of God. If we don't know the promises of God, if we, don't, if we don't read His Scripture, if we don't know how this story ends, then what will happen is in the midst of the storm, it will shake our faith. Psalm 119.81 says, My soul faints. It's about to pass out with the longing for your salvation. But I have put my hope in your word. We have to keep our lives in balance today. Because if you turn the news on for even two minutes, let alone a whole 30 minutes, what happens is our life begins to, to, to get out of balance. We, we start experiencing this emotional storm in our life because there is chaos going on around us. So we have to find a balance. What if, what if for every 30 minutes that you watch the news or we're on social media and, and being told that you can't part your hair a certain way, what if, what if you spent the next 30 minutes in the Word of God? What if, you, what if we just lived our life in this balance where I'm not saying that we should be ignorant I'm not saying that we shouldn't know what's going on in the world and, and, and you know, find reputable places for our news if you can, but, but I do think that maybe, just maybe, we spend a lot more time listening to the things of this world and a lot less time in being anchored into the promises, into the Word of God. I'm as guilty of this as anyone. I will I, I, I will scroll through reels that are the stupidest thing. I'm not on Facebook anymore. I just substitute it with the next worst thing. And you just scroll through it. And you just, it doesn't ever make you feel great about your life. 
And I wonder if we could just balance. I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, you're so horrible if you're on social media, but what, where's the balance? Where's the balance? We have to keep our lives in balance and not let our circumstances speak louder than God's Word. Our, our circumstances are speaking loud right now. There are storms that are raging around us. And if we are not anchored into the Word of God, we will be tossed, Scripture says, you will be tossed to and fro. Number three, we're anchored when we understand God's process. If the disciples would have remembered that He said, I'm going to the other side, they probably would have had maybe a little less fear and a little bit more faith that you know, Jesus wanted to get to the other side just as much as they did. And before he spoke to the storm, he spoke to the disciples. He addressed what was going on in their heart and in their mind of fear and trepidation of, of the storm that was raging around them. And I'm reminded of Romans chapter 5, it says in verse 2, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Not only so, but we also rejoice in our sufferings. This is part of the Christian life. For so long, we have had the privilege of living in a society, in a culture, in a country in which suffering for Jesus has not really been all that prevalent. And I don't know how to tell you this. Without being some sort of doomsday person, I'm just telling you that it's only going to get more difficult. We have to be mindful of the fact that, that not when, because you may find yourself in a situation right now, you're like, you know what, my life is pretty good. It's pretty good. I don't have any storms in my life. You might not, but they may be coming. And when they hit your life, when those storms rise up and the wind comes crashing through the, the canyon, how will you respond? Will you be anchored in His Word? Will you know His promises that we are going to get to the other side of this thing? Will we be able to endure the suffering or will we be shaken so much that we walk away from our relationship with God? It goes on and says, because we know that suffering produces perseverance. That's what we will need. Some perseverance. Some character. And character will, will bring about hope. I think it was James Lane Allen that said, trouble doesn't build character. I think he, uh, I think he used the word adversity. Trouble doesn't build character. It reveals it. What is the storm? That's that you're going through? What, what is the storm that you've been going through, that you're going through right now? And how has it affected our life? How, how have we responded in the midst of it? Have we just been kind of tossed back and forth? Have we believed the things of this world? Are we, or are we anchored? What would it look like instead of being so frustrated with traffic to just Listen to some worship music to cultivate the presence of God on your commute. Is anybody commuting anymore? I don't know. Like, I commute 15 minutes every day. 
It's not a long commute. It's really not bad. But what are we doing to cultivate the presence of God every single day of our life? Or we're inviting Him to be in the midst of our storm. Or are we going to go through these, these times? Are we going to go through these circumstances? Or are we just going to say, God, don't you even care about us? Don't you even know? Because what happens is people who aren't anchored operate out of fear, and it affects their emotions, their fear emotions, their anxiety, their depression. And then it moves into their spiritual life. And now all of a sudden you question whether or not God even is around. We've got to be anchored. We've got to be anchored into Him. Let's pray.